When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Right? Yeah, cool word. How you going? You, you said that with your whole farting. And, and I got my Mister Rogers got that sweater, today. He got that sweater that's popping. Huh? It is popping. <laughs> What a year it's been in sports, 2023, just a couple days away from drawing to a close. We're putting a bow on it here on Unsportsmanlike, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Courtney Cronin, Mike Rothstein sitting in for Evan Canty and Michelle. They will be back on January 2nd, but you've got us for a couple more days. And we're going through all of our moments of the year, good and bad. There are plenty of them to fill both categories. We're asking you on the Dr. Pepper call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Your best sports moment of the year, your worst sports moment of the year. And, Javante, I want to bring you in here before we get to the phones, because you brought up that World Baseball Classic, and I know that just devastated you when Shohei Otani struck out Mike Trout in the ninth inning. It goes full count. He catches him swinging on that slider in the corner. Um, Shohei said it was the best moment of his life. So that's clearly, I know what he, if he's going to call in at all, by the way, you're more than welcome to Shohei Otani. Um, that was the best moment of his life, but that's the worst moment of the year for you? No, clearly the Pistons. (laughs) 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 I don't know anything else can top that. Maybe some of you calling in this morning have that on your list. Maybe you've got something else. Why don't we go out to Arkansas? Let's talk to Steve. Steve, you're on on Sportsmanlike. Are we going best moment or are we going worst moment of 2023? Happy New Year, and you are definitely him. Oh, <sighs> wait, can I be Mike. her? Can I be her? Mike, Mike can be him? She's her. Mike, she is him. Okay, hey, works. my best is my best is NIL and the transfer portal. The fact that these egotistical coaches can no longer treat the kids like a piece of meat and they can transfer out if they don't like it, and they can make money. The NCAA is pulling their old gray hair out. They have no idea what is going on, and they can't, you know, prosecute the Fab Five for selling their jerseys. And they, they just don't know what to do, and I think it is awesome. Hey, Steve, I love, I love that, that energy. Steve. Thank you. Mike, I was— You are you. You are—that's a good one. Um— a lot of people don't like NIL. Like some fans still think that it's completely unregulated, that it's the Wild West. Same with the transfer portal. I think we get more people saying that the transfer portal, not just 2023, but that's like the worst sports moment of the year for a lot of the, people. Yeah, mostly college football and basketball coaches are the ones saying that. There's some fans, too, who don't like yeah, seeing no, there, there you know, guys jump into the portal if something, you know, if especially if you have a team that was, you know, on the cusp of something good the year before and then somebody jumps in or jumps out and it, it affects your team negatively. I, I see it both ways. I think there's a lot of good and bad in both. There, there is. Uh, I, I understand the, the negative portion of it just from the standpoint of if you're trying to team build that, you know, the difference, say, between the portal and – professional sports is 
if you sign a three-year deal, you're basically tied to a team for three years unless they decide to move on for you from you, or theoretically you can ask for a trade, but that team's going to get some compensation back where a player can leave at any time for any reason, more or less. Like, for instance, Florida State's backup quarterback, who one would have thought would be starting on Saturday mm-hmm. in the Orange Bowl, I'm in the transfer portal. Okay, I mean, so I, I get it. But that said, the fact that there is some fr- free agency and agency for players to be able to move without penalty, much like coaches for decades have been moving without penalty, is a good thing on the whole, especially now that NIL has become involved and there are more financial incentives and more but potentially financial reasons both in the college level and obviously on the pro level to be able to do that. All right, let's go down to Florida. Sam in Pensacola, you're on Unsportsmanlike. Happy New Year's Eve, Eve, Eve. Did I get that right? Did I get enough Eves in there? Yeah, no, that was right. We're three days out. Um, what's your best sports moment or worst sports moment of the year? Well, I've got both, actually. The worst oh. sports moment of the year is when Aaron Rodgers tore his ACL. It showed that the Jets' curse is still there. They can't have nice things. Mike T can't have nice things, and Greeny can't have nice things. They can't. The Jets are cursed for now. The best sports moment of the year hasn't happened yet. It's going to happen tomorrow when Jimmy Johnson gets inducted into the Cowboys' ring of honor. It has been a moment that is 30 years in waiting. And I think that moment right there will be the ultimate, ultimate send-off for Jerry especially being so late in his life. Hey, Sam, that's a great point. And let's start yeah. on the back end of that. The our, our colleague Todd Archer has a great story up at ESPN.com on the Dallas Cowboys page about how this whole thing came to be after 30 years, the mending of fences, of relationships, to get Jimmy Johnson into a into a moment in history in that franchise where where he ultimately belongs. And... It's hard to believe that it came like all these years later, Mike, but at least it did. And, and remember that announcement when it came about, I think it was about like four or five months ago, or maybe even a year ago, it was during a broadcast when he found out that he was getting inducted and how emotional that made him. Yeah. Oh, and it is far too long. Like it has mm-hmm. been far too long. There was no reason for it not to happen earlier other than pettiness and foolishness and, you know, people being upset about things that realistically they should have been upset about considering the amount of success that they had together when Jerry and Jimmy were in Dallas with Troy and, and Michael Irvin and, and Emmett Smith and you know that whole team and that whole group that they put together. Yeah, yeah this is going to be a really cool moment on Saturday in AT&T Stadium and I'll, I'll I mean I'm going to watch that game anyway Courtney while I'm sitting there in Chicago. Uh, getting ready for the game we'll watch on Sunday, Bears-Falcons. But I I would probably watch that regardless because that's just going to be a really awesome halftime moment. I hope we get to see all of it on television. I don't know if we will, but I hope we are. And on the flip side of that, I don't think you'll find anybody who will disagree that, like, Aaron Rodgers, four plays in, you see the Achilles rupture. Like, watching that live was just the most – and I'm not a fan of the Jets, but, like, to watch somebody who – had reinvented himself at 39 was he 40 at that point or 39 regardless like there was a that story transcended sports in a way because it showed you that after a significant amount of time somewhere where things end up everything ends up going drawing to a close one way or another relationships uh, accomplishments jobs whatever there's always change and Aaron Rodgers to go into this next era of his career start over 
and garner as much goodwill towards himself as he did in in a year where he's you know he says controversial things he has you know some out there thoughts that he likes to put on other people like it felt like you know this year in this offseason he had gained fans that maybe he didn't have so you had diehard Jets fans, NFL fans, and people who just were rooting for Aaron Rodgers in this next chapter to do well with another team, all just like collective devastation in that moment. I remember that was just like a sad week for it to happen like week one, four plays in. You knew how much this guy had put into getting here, whether you liked him or not. It just, yeah, there's, there's a lot of worst moments of the year. That definitely is up there as well. D in Texas. You are on ESPN Radio. Good morning, D, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year to the third power. What's oh, that? I like that. I like that. Oh, New Year's time. New Year's. Oh, okay. Wait, 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 wait. New Year's, New Year's, New Year's. I just Love thought it. about that when you were saying that. I, D, I, well I, done. The Seriously, math you wasn't you, mathing D. for me a minute. But yeah, you were you, D. <laughs> you were him. Like, whatever you want to <laughs> That's <call>. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> what you got? I got um, best sports moment of the year. By far, for, for me and a lot of people that's been suffering for years and years, Detroit Lions division champions after 30 years. 30 years. That That's that's my best sports moment. And another one that may be is the Detroit Lions ruining Jimmy Johnson's Hall of, <laughs> <laughs> Hall of uh, Fame uh, induction thing tomorrow, whatever that is. Hey, that All right, happen. thanks, guys. Y'all thanks, D. Have a good Let's weekend. See. We appreciate it. Enjoy the game tomorrow night. Um, for the, I mean, you, Mike, you you were so close to this Lions team. You yeah. were there for eleven years. You you lived in the state longer, having you know spent so much time in Ann Arbor. Um, I, like I remember watching the game last week when they pull off that win on the road in Minnesota. And to see the locker room reaction, to hear from Dan Campbell, who was on that 08, 16 yeah. team. Like, I feel like that's kind of lost in all of this. Like, we forget he was an actual play- – like, before he began his coaching career, I believe with the Miami Dolphins and then went to the Saints, he was part of that team. So, so often you get players – and actually, I meant to, like, tell you this. Like, we had Glo- Glover Quinn on our podcast, the Chicago Bears podcast. Oh, you did? Oh, GQ's ESPN the best. 1000. Uh, a couple weeks ago. I meant to tell you this because I know that was like one of your guys when you were in um, Detroit for all those years. And we talked to him about, do players realize the weight of what they're carrying um, to to like, you know, exercise all of these demons that have, that have haunted this franchise of all the bad years of all the losing. And he, he made a really great point that we don't talk about enough that, you know, for so many guys, I mean, he's a kid from, from North Pike, Mississippi, and he didn't, you know, he spent a lot of his career in Houston. He wasn't a native per, native Detroit person. I don't know what do you call them, Detroitians? Like what are, Detroiter. Detroiter. Um, but he understood just from like being around the fan base, like the pain and the suffering that those fans had. And a lot of guys move around in the NFL to where you're not Aiden Hutchinson, who literally grew yeah. up in the state um, and understands because he grew up a Lions fan. Dan Campbell, we don't talk about this enough. Like, he literally lived through that suffering and now has them in position to make a deep playoff run, having locked up the NFC North. First time they they had won their conference since 1993. Yeah, it's the first time they won the division that has been the current iteration of the NFC North. Tampa has won the NFC North more recently before this year than, than what Detroit did because Tampa was in the NFC North when it was the Central. GQ is right. Uh, GQ was there 
for one of the team that really had maybe the best shot at it before this year's team, which was in 2014, which was the best Lions team I covered in the eight years I covered them. And he saw it because GQ was like ingrained in that city. He didn't live there in the off season, but he understood the fabric and the soul of that. And that's the thing is that what I found from talking with Lions players and being around them is that once you're there for an extended period of time, you you find that like a real attachment to it. And you're even seeing it with Matthew Stafford, right? Because mm-hmm. Matthew Stafford was drafted there, first overall pick in 2009. When Matt Patricia gets fired, he doesn't want to go through another rebuild. He asks for a trade. He ends up getting traded to Los Angeles. That brings them Jared Goff and first-round picks back, which ends up building a large portion of the core of this team. But if you follow Kelly Stafford on Instagram, if you have taught, like have seen what Matthew Stafford says, they still love that city. Kelly mm-hmm. Stafford goes back to that city a lot. They have given a ton of money to Detroit, and they continue to, even though they have now been in Los Angeles for three years. That's the pull that the city of Detroit has had on its athletes, specifically Lions players. Calvin Johnson is another great example. I remember talking to Calvin towards the end of his career and the thought had always, it seemed, been that he would move back to Georgia or move somewhere else when his playing career was done. Guess where Calvin Johnson still lives, Courtney? He still lives in Michigan. Now, some of that is his, his business, and he has a cannabis company and all that. But Calvin Johnson has felt such an affinity to that place, to the state, even when he was feuding with the franchise. Same with Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders is from there. Guess where he's lived the most of his life? In Michigan. Like, there's just that tie with the players of that city. Let's stay on this. Lions-Cowboys is the big one on Saturday night. Out of those two teams, who do we have more faith in to win a Super Bowl? That's coming up next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. Snaps the third longest division title drought in NFL history. The Detroit Lions are division champs. This is special. This is just the beginning. I couldn't be more proud of the guys. This 2023 team did it and got some work to do next week and see where we can go. What a week. You've got the Detroit Lions clinching the NFC North. First time ever because it wasn't the NFC North the last time they won the division in 1993. And you've got the Cleveland Browns locking up their third bid to the postseason since 1999. I guess it's like a throwback of sorts, isn't it? It it is. All that you need all you need is the Bills to make sure that they get in and you have the Lake Erie what used <laughs> to be the corridor of sadness all playing in the postseason. 
Is that what it's called? The corridor of no, sadness? No, I just, just made, made that, that up. up. But no, well, so back in when was it that when the Browns went 0 16 and they went from and Detroit had fired Jim Caldwell and gone to Matt Patricia and the Bills had made their first playoff game in this century. I actually went to all three cities in three days because it's all drivable because they were really the three kind of hard luck franchises over what the 2000s more or less and the Browns and Lions for longer. And I went to each city to kind of see what was going on there. And I never would have imagined that all three of them would be in the playoffs in the same year. And in some cases have a real shot to do damage in the playoffs uh, to where we might see two of them potentially play one another in the Super Bowl. Not saying that's exactly what's going to happen, but saying it's at least possible. It very well could happen, considering the way this playoff picture is currently shaking up. He's Mike Rothstein. I'm Courtney Crone, and this is on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Now, don't get confused here. This Monday Night Football we're about to do is presented by Progressive Insurance, but this game between the Cowboys and and the Detroit Lions is happening tomorrow night, 8.15 p.m. Eastern time. It's our Monday night crew, and that's happening over on ABC, on ESPN, on ESPN+. And we'll have you updated on the latest on all of those things on ESPN Radio. Dallas is a five-and-a-half-point home favorite, and for good reason. They play really well at home. And when you and I were talking with Mike Tannenbaum earlier, our ESPN NFL front office insider, he made a good point that we sometimes look too much into that home and away record where with this Dallas team, and I'm just trying to look at some of their drives here that we've seen and like how you know they, those things have played out for them early in each game. Like if they don't get off to a hot start, like for me, that means you've got to like you've got to do what you need to do offensively with Dak Prescott and all of that. You also need to stop Detroit's run game or at least start to put a clamp down on it. That's a run def- that's a run game that can hinder your run defense because they don't they're not just one dimensional which Amir Gibbs and David Montgomery that can be the way that the, that Detroit can break this game open the way that we've seen that carried offensively from road game to home venue over to other road venues and that could end up being the detriment to Dallas if Dallas doesn't try to contain that or have success containing that early it is, and that's where Detroit's offense really gets going because if Montgomery and Gibbs are successful, that opens everything up for Jared Goff to find Sam Laporta, to find Amon Ross St. Brown, also to take long, long time-consuming drives. And what that does is that shortens possessions for Dallas's offense and, frankly, might... Listen, Dallas's defense is really, really good. But if Detroit's able to establish that early that could potentially put some some concern into Dallas, a defense that hasn't really been tested all that much at home. They've been mostly tested on the road. I know Mike T said what he said about the home road splits, but this is a team that clearly has a lot of confidence at AT&T Stadium. And at least that crowd is going to be very hyped up because of what the caller mentioned last segment of Jimmy Johnson's coming back. Yeah. And he's going to, like, that. that's one of those things that, hypes up a crowd like so Atlanta earlier this year they had 50 years of hip-hop celebration and they brought all these hip-hop artists in and like Ludacris hung from the ceiling and like 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 came down from the ceiling on like the you know the the rope thing that like you know what I'm talking about like yeah the, no he, he like uh that propelled propelled, he like, in, yeah he, they had him kind of uh you know cascade down from from the roof which usually the mascot does while he's performing and that became a viral moment and you had TLC performing like that crowd was the loudest crowd I've heard at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I feel like what AT&T Stadium is doing by bringing back Jerry 
by bringing back Jimmy Johnson, rather, mm-hmm. that that's going to rival that. So it's going to be a very raucous atmosphere on Saturday night. There's a lot at stake because, you know, all of those things that you just mentioned, plus the fact that you're getting a hot Lions team coming in, one that has a defense that has shown, at least with the back end of the season, that they've been able to travel. They did it in Minnesota, four sacks of Nick Mullins, four interceptions as well that they came away with. Those are things that they hope they can get you know, be able to utilize early, be able to show that they can do that against Dak Prescott in this offense, which is scoring, you know, roughly 13 more points a game at home than they are on the road. And the significance of this is not lost on the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Mike McCarthy talked earlier this week, and he had this to say about how he views this matchup with the Detroit Lions. Well, I think this will be our biggest challenge of the year. It's my personal opinion. Uh, you know, some people may do- differ you know as far as Philadelphia the, the past games but um, just based off what we've seen on video I, I think it's, this is gonna be this is gonna be a heck of a game the reason I find that you know an eyebrow raiser is because he invoked Philadelphia in that usually every coach especially at this point of the season and they have something to play for they're playing to try to still get the NFC East but coaches will always say that whether you're in it whether you're out it you've always got something to play for and every game is the most important game because the next game is the most important game I like that we got this honesty from Mike McCarthy because I think that it speaks to the magnitude that the, that the Dallas Cowboys know is at stake here to just try to get their – like to solidify. We know they're a playoff team, but what kind of playoff team are you? Are you one that's going to lose on Wild Card Weekend? Are you one that's going to be hosting a game on Wild Card Weekend? Are you capable of having the best elements of your team – If you do have to go on the road, remember the NFC East is still at play here. Philadelphia can still win it. Dallas can still win it. How that that transitions two weeks from now into the first weekend of the playoffs and what version of Dallas you get, don't you want to have a precursor to that and show people what that team is on Saturday night? You do, and what he was saying there is accurate. Uh, Detroit's a bigger challenge for Dallas than Philly because – Dallas knows Philly pretty well because they play them twice a year. But also, I would argue that Detroit is a better team right now than the Philadelphia Eagles. It's probably their second toughest game this season behind when they played San Francisco. So it it will be a very interesting game for Dallas. It's also an important game, Courtney, for Detroit because this can – if they go to Dallas and win, this will show that it does not matter, which Mike T was talking about before too, it will not matter where Detroit plays. They're going to be a very difficult out, even if it's not in Fort Field. Yeah, I mean, they've won on the road this year. They've lost on the road this year. I mean, most teams have. I'm just like thinking like recent history. They lost to the Bears. Maybe that was their – maybe that was their game when you you mentioned like lose a game December – you get punched in the mouth. At least you get to figure out like what things you need to fix before you get to January. But they had their get-right game against the Denver Broncos. They certainly got right in that close win that they had at the end there, staving off the Minnesota Vikings on the road. They've got the Lions this weekend, 8.15 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday. You can see that game on ESPN, ABC, and over on ESPN+. Plus, This has been our Monday Night Football preview. Remember, it's not don't tune in on Monday. You won't see the Cowboys and the Lions. you got to watch that tomorrow. It's brought to you by Progressive. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Straight ahead, the news of the day. The Cleveland Browns are headed to the playoffs. Are they a legit contender? We discuss next on Sportsman Like ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? 
You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It's Friday. If you're off this week for the holidays, we hope you are staying healthy, staying safe. We're just glad that you're spending part of your morning with us here on Unsportsmanlike, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. He's Mike Rothstein. I'm Courtney Cronin. Evan Canty and Michelle are off until the new year, but you've got us for the next couple of hours here on ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. And let's welcome in. Charlie Weiss, four-time Super Bowl champion, the co-host of Airing It Out on Sirius XM NFL Radio, to talk a little bit of what we saw last night. Coach, the Browns win 37-20. They beat the Jets. They are headed to the postseason for the third time since 1999. How do you size up the Browns' chances with Joe Flacco as a legitimate playoff contender? Well, I don't think he's going to have to throw for 300 yards uh, every week like he's done for the last bunch of weeks because their defense is so salty. And he has to make sure he doesn't make the careless interception. But he is certainly slinging it. And you know, it's a little bit con- concerning to me from the Browns' standpoint. As, as, as upbeat as everyone should be in Cleveland, I mean, they really haven't run the ball very well. I mean, last night was a definite improve. But I think Cleveland is a dangerous team, mainly because their quarterback, it, this quarterback can throw the ball down the field, and he did it last night without his best receiver, and their defense is, is, is so strong. I think that that makes them dangerous no matter who they're playing. Charlie, first of all, it's been it's been a while since we've talked. It's good to hear your voice. Um Secondly, when you're looking at this Browns team and you look at kind of team – say that again? No, I'm good. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, so when, you, when you're looking at kind of playoff teams in general, the fact that they have this defense and that this defense is so opportunistic as well, is that something that you feel like will give them a chance against maybe any team in the AFC at this point? 
Yes, defense travels. You know, it, it, no matter where you go, when you have a salty defense, it doesn't make a difference whether you're at home or on the road. The defense is, you know, that's what was so disappointing last night, actually, about the Jets, Mike. You know, like uh, the Jets, as bad as they are on offense, and that's pretty bad, as bad as they are on offense, the one thing you could hang your head on every week was that their defense would show up. And last night their defense got gashed. But Cleveland's defense has been strong all year long. You could argue, you could definitely make an argument that Jim Schwartz would be the assistant coach of the year with how good their defense has played. But look at their matchups. I mean, right now they're 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 seated number five, which is probably where they're going to end up. Well, they're going to go into the whoever the winner of the AFC South is. That's who they would play the first week. And you tell me right now, do you, do you like the Browns? over the Jags or, or the Texans or the, or, or the Colts? And the answer would probably be yes. That already puts them into the second round, and who knows what happens then. Charlie Weiss, co-host of Airing It Out on Sirius XM NFL Radio, longtime NFL coach, joining us here on Unsportsmanlike. Let's switch gears to the games that are happening over the weekend, a big one between Buffalo and Miami. And this Dolphins team is injured right now. No Raheem Mostert at practice yesterday. No Jalen Waddell at practice yesterday. Two is dealing with a thumb injury. How do you size up their chances going on the road to play at Baltimore when we saw the Ravens just rattle off two important road wins and looking like the most complete team in the AFC when they just beat the San Francisco 49ers? Well, let's backtrack for a second and talk about Baltimore. Baltimore really could be undefeated right now. They lost three times in all three of those games. They're leading with two minutes to go in the game. So they've played good all year long. Their defenses continue to get better every week. They're playing good on defense. Lamar Jackson right now, if you voted today, he'd be the MVP of the league. And they throw the ball better. They've always been able to run the ball. I mean, they're a complete team. Now, Miami, here's the good news and the bad news. No matter who, who's injured for Miami, they still have more speed than everyone they're going against. The last time I checked, Waddle might not play, but that Tyreek Hill guy, he will play. And, you know, it, they said most are not play, but HN is playing. And HN is the fastest running back in the entire league. They Their whole game, their whole offensive scheme is based off of the accuracy of Tua and the speed. And, They'll still have plenty of speed out there. It's just that I don't see Miami as a complete a team as Baltimore is. Now, recently the defense has played much better the last the last few weeks. They and you know that's where they went out and got Vic Fangio to take over the defense. But I just see Baltimore as the most complete team in the AFC, and I think that Miami will have their hands full this week. We're talking to Charlie Weiss, four-time Super Bowl champion, the co-host of Airing It Out on Sirius XM NFL Radio here on Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. And, Charlie, you're talking about Miami. You mentioned their speed. If they have to go on the road in the playoffs, say, to Baltimore or another cold-weather destination, could the fact that they have to play in what could be incredibly freezing temperatures play a factor that could hurt them at that point in the year? Well, that doesn't slow you down. Oh, that doesn't slow you down. Here's the toughest part about playing in cold weather. And trust me, I've coached a lot of games 
a lot of cold weather games, the ball gets hard and it gets slick. And when the ball gets slick, it's tougher to hold on to the ball. And that's true not only for that's not only true for the guys catching it, but for the quarterbacks throwing it and for guys running it, the ball just it gets hard. And it and it gets, you know, it's not as easy to take take care of the football. And that's why turnovers end up being so, so, so significant uh, an attribute in games in the, in the playoffs in cold weather sites. Because the teams that can take care of the football the best are usually the teams that end up winning. Charlie White's joining us here on unsportsmanlike ESPN Radio and the ESPN app as we take a look at the rest of the playoff picture right now in the AFC and the NFC. Several clinching situations that Mike and I have been talking through throughout the day. And I'm looking right now at the 6-7 and seven seed in the AFC. That's the Bills currently, the Colts as the 7th seed there in the AFC. But over in the NFC, there's so much left to be played for in week 16 and week 17 and 18 because the Rams are the 7th seed, the Seahawks are the 7th Rams are the 6th seed rather, Seahawks are the 7th seed. You still have the Minnesota Vikings and the Green Bay Packers in play for both of those as of right now. Who like of those four teams that I just gave you, who would be the biggest threat to to pull off a first round upset? And we know that there is still some room to, to for change to happen, but who of those teams would you be most fearful of? Well, it's the Rams. It's not close for second. I mean, Matt Stafford Matt Stafford is also a guy that no one's even talking about as an MVP candidate that really is is, is playing lights out right now. And when you have a top top caliber quarterback like Stafford, who's hot, now you, you throw in Nakua, you throw in Cup, you know, two 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 really good receivers, and then their running back when their their whole offense changed when Kieran Williams was out, and when he came back in, their whole offense changed because he's so productive in the running game. It takes some pressure. It takes some pressure. Off off of Stafford, they have to just make every play themselves. That's the team. No one wants to play the Rams right now, I promise you. No one wants to play the Rams. Charlie, we've also seen a lot of quarterback movement this week in terms of benchings, whether it's due to guys being hurt or, in Russell Wilson's case, some questions of maybe what's going on there with his future. You've been an offensive coordinator for a while. You've been a head coach in college, how would you have handled that entire situation with what Sean between Sean and Russell? I would have played them until I thought that we were eliminated from the playoffs, and then I would have made the move. I think Sean, when when they spit the bit against the Patriots and lost that game, Denver Denver if they won their last three games would have ended up making the playoffs, uh, and they had three winnable games starting with the Patriots. They're, so they're playing the Patriots home. They end up losing that game. I think that was the time where I think the chip had already sailed between Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. I think that Sean had already made this decision that he was going to be moving forward. And they know that they're going to get hit with a big number no matter when they let when they make this move. But by making this move now, they don't risk an extra $35 million that could, they could end up losing. If he ended up getting hurt and it came, came March and uh, he was still recovering from an injury, that's another $35 million it would have ended up costing. I think that they had made the decision that we'll play Russell Wilson until 
I mean, what's the, I know mathematically they have an 8% chance of making the playoffs, but realistically they're done. And when, when that game, it'll be interesting to see what happens in this game this week when they play against the Chargers, because the Chargers, who had thrown in the towel until the coach, until the, the coach got fired, actually played a pretty competitive game against uh, Buffalo last week and really had every opportunity to win that game. It'll be really interesting to see what happens this week in that Denver 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 Charger matchup. But that ship has sailed with with Russell Wilson, and you know I think that Sean said when when the ship sails, as far as our schedule goes, then I'll go ahead and make this move. Yeah, the Broncos claiming that that is only a football decision has nothing to do with the. That's finances. a lie. You know, we know that. You know, <laughs> yes, we do. We we know that's what everyone says. You know, and. You know, I'm not. I'm not saying Sean's a liar, but I'm saying that's the that's the that's the angle you have to put out there. You don't. You know, you don't sit there and say that. Hey, this is a business decision because. But anyone, anyone who's an analyst, you guys are both analysts. You know, you watch it. I mean, you know, it's a business decision. Who are we kidding here? Yeah, and I'll get you out of here on this, Charlie. Do you think Russell Wilson? Time's in, time in Denver's done, but do you think that he will be a starter again in the National Football League next year? Well, look around. Look around to the teams that need quarterbacks. So where do you where do you get one if you don't have one? There's only two two ways you do it. Okay, available free uh, available free agents that that frontline guys that that have started in the league that have played well are in the draft. So if you're a team that thinks you could win now, would you rather have a veteran free agent or a rookie draft choice? Uh, it's rhetorical because you'd rather have a veteran free agent because you want to win now. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're a team that's growing, okay, a team that wants to evolve with your quarterback, a rookie makes a hell of a lot more sense. And this year is a loaded quarterback class coming out of college. All right, there you have it. Charlie Weiss, four-time Super Bowl champ, co-host of Airing It Out on Sirius XM NFL Radio. Kind enough to give us some time here on Friday morning. We appreciate it. Thanks so much. Happy New Year. All right, take, take care. T- take care. Say hello to everybody. All right. Worst sports, worst sports moment of the year, best sports moment of the year. And Mike's going to tell you the best sports story of the year. It's a little different. There's some journalism involved here, but there's been a lot of it and a lot of very good journalism in 2023. That's coming up next. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. That's the number to get in. But first, Mike has this from O'Reilly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts for do-it-right deals today. When is the last time you changed your antifreeze? Antifreeze may lose its ability to protect against freezing over time. Checking your antifreeze and performing regular coolant flushes can help extend engine life. Right now, save 2 bucks on Xerox OE antifreeze and coolant. Don't miss do-it-right deals at O'Reilly Auto Parts or on OReillyAuto.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, 
Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Courtney Cronin, Mike Rothstein sitting in for Evan Canty and Michelle on this Friday morning, Triple Eight. Say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Phones are open. We're asking you your best or worst, or maybe both, sports moment of the 2023 year. And yes, the Ohio State-Georgia CFP semifinal game does count. I look, that game ended after midnight on the (laughs) East Coast. That's technically a 2023 sports moment. Bryce in Washington, D.C., lead us off here. I see that you've got one of each. Where are we starting? Um, I think the best sports moment of the year was Messi coming to Inter Miami. And uh, the worst one was the Chicago White Sox season in general. Bryce, stay on the phone for a minute here because we got to talk <laughs> about some things. Um, when in August, when Jerry Reinsdorf fired Rick Hahn and, um, and, uh, what, help me here, Kenny Williams. Like, I remember thinking that day, I was like, I never thought I'd see that day happen. He had been glued to the hip to both of them, and out goes the people making the roster decisions for the Chicago White Sox. Yes, they floundered, but I, I don't, I think this team's missed its chance to contend for a World Series, maybe for the next 10 years or so, considering what everyone else in baseball did this offseason and where they currently stand. You see it the same way? Yeah, I, this is just, it's a dumpster fire what's happening to the White Sox right now. It's just all going down the drain. Oh, man, Bryce, you're speaking to my soul right now. Appreciate it. Have a good day. Um, Thanks, Bryce. I don't think we've talked Chicago White Sox on ESPN Radio nationally in a very long time. But Well, they're a dumpster like, fire. Yeah, They <laughs> are. No, they are. No, they are the Detroit Pistons of baseball. Bryce I is want, coming in with hot takes. Bryce is, you know, I've... Some, I read in my email the other day that ESPN Radio doesn't have a flamethrower. Uh, I think we just got one here from Bryson, Washington, D.C., 13 years old. I don't know if you're on your way to school, if you're off for holiday break, but Bryce, we appreciate that. Like he's Bryce right. is him. Bryce is him. Bryce is him. You are you. All these things that I've learned that are <laughs> phrases from Dr. Seuss. Um, him, he is him is not Seuss. Got, you is you, baby. <laughs> that got buried. The White Sox story got yeah. buried because it was in the middle of training camp. I'm driving home from, from covering the Chicago Bears, so I'm in the city of Chicago, when all of a sudden the White Sox put out this two-sentence statement. We have parted ways with Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn. And I remember I <laughs> swerved off the road because I was like, that was hell freezing over for me. That was the moment where I'm like, all right, maybe they'll do something different. They end up uh, promoting Chris Getz from the front office to being the GM. Like he had been in the organization. Pedro Grafal is still their manager. He did not get fired during the off season, but I like, 
I feel for fans of franchises like that where you literally, there is, you may be in the tunnel, the light is so far at the other end, you can't even see a glimmer of hope. When, when Shohei Otani, when Yamamoto, when all of these players sign with the Dodgers, Yankees have a good free agency period too. Like, it keeps feeling further and further away from those teams. Like, I don't know. I don't know, like, if they've just blown their window for the next decade, two decades. I don't know how they're ever going to play meaningful baseball again in the next 10 years. Well, I mean, listen, Courtney, you live in Chicago. Like, is there any sort of relevance that the White Sox have at all? Do people even in Chicago, you do stuff on ESPN 1000 in Chicago. Do you guys talk about them as much as we talk about them here, which is none? Well, we have White Sox Weekly on Saturdays. That, uh, that, because they're, you know, the Chicago White Sox, the ESPN 1000 in Chicago is the home of the Chicago White Sox, also home of the Chicago Bears. We have those two teams on our airwaves, but the White Sox have been irrelevant. Like we talk more Cubs on our airwaves and they're over on 670 the score. Like it's just such a floundering team where you've got the you remember we were talking about Tom Gores earlier. If you want to talk about sell the team, you've got Jerry Reinsdorf who's an owner who gets just massacred by fans telling him to sell that team. If the Bulls were worse right now, if they weren't winning games and doing things that did not look possible in the beginning of the year, he'd be getting hit from that end too with uh, the sell the team chant. But good Lord, I don't know if there's – I'm thinking about this. I mean, the Pistons are bad, right, Javante? The Pistons are bad right now, but the Chicago White Sox might be the worst franchise in sports, period. Like, I love that Bryce opened up this can of worms. (laughs) I did not know I was going here today, but that – that has to be among, like, the worst things to happen to teams this year. The floundering that they did, there was a shooting in the stadium because a security guard let somebody in with a gun. Like, adding insult to literal injury. These are things that happened for the Chicago White Sox this year. They trade away um, Berger, like, you know, ahead of the deadline. That was something that he didn't want. This was an organization that was just filled with malpractice after malpractice and these moves that were executed by people who were no longer in their jobs. Like, I'm just glad that somebody remembered this and and thought that this was the worst dumpster fire in sports because it's got to be top five for sure. Well, Javante found his his kindred soul because he found the one White Sox fan that exists (laughs) where Javante is the one Pacers fan that exists. But the, the thing that gets me with the White Sox is that they just promoted the guys because they made the midseason firing. And then they were just, you know what? We're good here. Yeah, we don't we're, need to go to the winter we, meetings we need to make and find change, new manager. But not too much change. Just we're going to change the figurehead. But everything philosophically, philosophically they're probably going to remain the same because these guys came through the same system. Like, just you got to move on from everything. And you'd Ugh. think, you know, they may be chanting sell the team to Jerry Reinsdorf, but he's won World Series champions as an owner he's won Larry O'Brien trophies as an owner he should know better than this yeah those things happened a very long time ago Bryce definitely was not alive when the White Sox won the World Series in 2005 straight ahead here in Unsportsmanlike what is the biggest game of the NFL weekend Mike and I tell you next ESPN Radio Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.